0: I remember when we first got our homeland back from the NT government and native title was given back and we were set up with tin sheds and there was a service provider in town. So for us to be able to tell them, come out and bring a drum of water, because we haven't got any water or anything like that, we used to get on the um, radio, what's the radio called? CB radio. And my dad got used to working it and because he was deaf, roger, roger, can't hear you. Yes, it's Donnie calling. <laughs> and then he'll say, and he'll forget to press that little button so that he can hear the other mob talk to him. That is our, our only way of um, communication between Homeland and service provider.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of homelands were connected with that old CB yes. yeah, system. Yep. Does anyone still have it? we still got the old aerial on our rooftop of our garage. Yeah. So it's still mounted up there. But no one uses it these days. No We've no got the telephone. But We see them in cars, eh?
2: Hey? Hi, my name's Ellie Rennie. This is Indigo. Hi. More on us shortly.
1: <laughs> my name's Pamela Lynch-Quare and I live at Black Tank Outstation, that's north of Alice Springs, which is about 90 k's from town.
0: Hello, my name's Veronica Lynch-Kmarai and I live at Black Tank Outstation, north of Alice Springs.
1: We have mobile phone reception in the way of a hotspot. So that was um, put in last year.
2: What does that look like?
0: like a hot spot. <laughs> around this with a satellite dish and a post where you go there and you put your phone on, see if you can get service and you just wait for a little while. When you see the three bars or four bars, you're connected. So that's the same as
2: the one that we visited at the Tropica Capricorn today? Exactly the same. So it's... It doesn't, it's not connected to any power. It's just a dish?
0: No,
1: it's just a dish. Do you find it easy? Does it work? It does work because the kids go and download games on it. Do you use it yourself? Yes, I do. It's good because we connect to the bank so we can access bank and Centrelink and families and friends. It's a really good thing that happened to our community anyway.
2: If you have driven through the NT lately, you may have seen these structures, always in places where there is no mobile phone reception. No reception, that is, until you rest your phone on one of these bush hotspots. This is Disconnect, a podcast about the internet in remote Aboriginal communities. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about this invention designed for remote areas by an Aboriginal-owned organisation. It's cheap, robust, and it's helping families that wish to stay living on their traditional lands.
3: Is this wind going to be an issue? I think
2: it will be all right.
3: Yeah, okay. Oh, we'll give it a bit of authenticity, won't it?
2: Exactly. (laughs) Here's Steve Rogers, the CEO of that organisation, the Centre for Appropriate Technology.
3: I'll just describe what it looks like to you. So we're standing at the moment at the... Tropic of Capricorn tourist stop off on the Stuart Highway, just north of Alice Springs. And in the car park there, we have a 1.8-metre diameter satellite dish. So if you imagine the dish that you have on your roof, if you have um, foxtail or that sort of thing. So just a, a satellite dish. There you go. Just a metal satellite dish covered in plastic sitting on a pole and about two metres above the ground. So that's attached to a concrete block. And then in front of that satellite dish, we have a red fibreglass pole about a metre from the dish. And on that pole, you rest your mobile phone.
2: Black Tank is what's called an outstation or homeland. These are small settlements for families who wish to live on their traditional lands. In the 1990s, Black Tank received a public phone, which remains the only telephone line to the community. So when someone calls the phone booth in the
1: outstation, station, who answers it? Anyone
0: who's got good ears. Because <laughs> we're, we're all deaf. <laughs> Mainly our grandchildren run out because they're the fastest. We tell them what to say. Hello, who do you want and all that. And they've got to say Black Tank first. Yeah. Hello, it's Black Tank, see? Mm.
1: And then do they go run and find yeah, to you yeah. they're going? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes they put the hook, hook the phone back on and come back.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lost connection, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're still training, I think, to answer. <laughs> <laughs> now it's hard because they took the coin box away. Uh, a lot of people had coin and small change. But a lot of people don't have the card that you actually insert to use the phone now because they took all the coin boxes away.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so people hardly use the um, phone box where we are. Yeah, right.
0: Because
1: they're using the hotspot now with their mobile phones.
2: Once again, here's Steve Rogers from the Centre for Appropriate Technology.
3: Uh, CAT for short. CAT is uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander controlled Uh, not-for-profit commercial company based in Alice Springs and we operate pretty much right across remote Australia. What we're here to do today is to have a chat about a piece of technology that we've developed called the mobile phone hotspot. Um, It's a very simple uh, piece of technology. It's the idea is that we wanted to try and see if we could extend the range of mobile phone signals into more remote parts of uh, Australia. Normally um, you'll get a phone, a mobile phone signal from a mobile phone tower within up to maybe 15 kilometres from where that tower is. Um, that's great if you're within that 15 kilometre zone. but very large parts of remote Australia uh, do not have uh, access to to mobile phone signal or mobile phone towers. So what we did was uh, we had a very clever uh, telecommunications engineer who worked for us called Andrew Crouch, who came up with the idea of what is, to all intents and purposes, what we refer to as a Uh, a passive amplifier of a mobile phone signal.
2: Testing, testing.
3: Ellie, good morning.
2: Hi, Andrew. How are you? you... As it so happens, I was working with Andrew Crouch when he came up with the idea. We collaborated on a project that involved providing satellite internet to communities that had no mobile reception, including a small place called Imungara, which is about 400 kilometres north of Alice Springs. So I got him on the phone. Steve Rogers kindly took us out to the Tropic of Capricorn when we were up there. It was a very windy day, but he talked us through how that one works and, yep. you know, gave us some indication of, of where they are around the place and and what they're for. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to talk to you to get that. I suppose, origin story of the sure. cat mobile hotspot, because I remember you driving around in the Hilux with this old satellite dish on the on the back and right. trying to figure out if this thing would work. Yep. So how did you first have the idea?
4: It was towards the tail end of the home internet project, actually. And uh, I was uh, driving up uh, towards uh, Umangara on the highway and I drove over the Ali Karung Bridge and uh, naturally enough, because it's tall, it picks up a signal briefly from the uh, Ali Karung Tower. And for some reason, it just dawned on me that perhaps there'd be a way of amplifying the, the signal so that it would be possible to still receive a signal at a, a lower level along the road normally. So that was the germ of the idea. Uh, after that, uh, I obtained an older dish to uh, try out the theory and uh, amazingly enough it worked.
2: (laughs) Where where did you get that old dish from?
4: Well it was actually one of the ones that had been a Amangara that was surplus to requirements as they moved over to NBN so it was effectively just an old uh, dish sitting on the roof not being used by anybody so I knew its origin, of course, and everyone was happy enough for me to uh, remove it. So that was fine.
2: And when you were testing it, what were you looking for in terms of location?
4: Well, the, I guess the first thing was to see in broad terms how far the signal would actually be extended by. So as a rule of thumb, we knew that the uh, typical coverage radius from a tower in open countries about 15 or 20 kilometers depending on vegetation and obstructions and the like so if it was going to be useful it would need to significantly increase that distance so what I was looking for was to see whether that was the case and uh, I went out um, south of Alice Springs on the old south road began road uh, for some distance and uh, took measurements of the signal strength along the way at various points and uh, Uh, We were relying there on the uh, West Gap Tower which is the one on the top of the range very close to the township of Alice Springs and there's quite a good signal from there so even without the dish you would get a a signal out to about 30 kilometres in that case but pleasingly the signal extended to 60 and even 80 kilometres in one location so I was confident that the theory would work.
2: Okay, I'm going to try and call Tyson from a Wi-Fi hotspot. It says mobile phone hotspot. hotspot. Sorry, from a mobile phone, a cat mobile phone hotspot. Say it's ringing. And it says I have power.
0: Hi, the person you have called is not available. Please leave a short ten second
1: message after the tone and we'll send the message as a text.
2: I really hate those types of messages. No, no, no. Who else could I call? Call Jason. I'll call, I'll call my husband. Yes. What I love about this structure that we're looking at here is that it's not electronic at all, and I can't imagine it ever breaking down. Have any had any problems? Yeah,
3: so the whole point behind this technology very much was something that was reasonably cheap, had almost no maintenance, no working parts... And, you know, as you said, there's no power or anything like that needed. Um, Out of the 45, I think we've had one location where someone stole the dish. And we've had a couple of locations. So on the back of the dish, there's a very simple sign that says mobile phone hotspot, says the location. And then it's just a simple, simple image. And it says to boost your phone or data signal, one, place your phone on the red holder. Two, call in speaker mode three, wait for signal bars before calling. So just a really simple information plaque on the back of the uh, dish. We've had a couple of those stolen. There's one of these at the Aleron Roadhouse um, just up further north on the Stuart Highway and somebody painted uh, et phone home on the front <laughs> but which is pretty funny but it doesn't affect the performance so you know we've just left it there the the locals think it's pretty funny so
2: that's fantastic
3: <laughs> did have a, a somewhat negative experience uh,
4: nearby we placed one at uh, prowse gap which is uh, a small roadside stop where uh, gray nomads uh, would stop overnight from time to time and and um it was reported that it had disappeared. And um, that in fact, this was the, uh, the, the first and, and almost the only time we'd actually had to do any repairs or maintenance of that nature. And uh, it turned out that, uh, in my suspicion anyway, that somebody had probably borrowed it, unbolted it and simply taken the whole thing away to try at home to see whether they could get uh, reception nearby.
2: <laughs> Which, of course, would not work.
4: No, that's right. In fact, the places I suspect it's gone to was one that we'd just not far down the road, which we'd tested at an earlier time and confirmed that the signal wasn't strong enough. Right. There are places where hotspots won't work either.
2: Yeah. Okay. So not every community could have one if they wanted one.
4: No, that's right. Uh, It entirely depends on the signal nearby. And there are many communities that 100 kilometres from the nearest coverage, so anything like that is almost out of the question.
2: And sometimes, when you least expect it, a mobile phone will pick up reception.
0: I had family visit us from Sandy Boar. Sandy Boar is the next station from us. They're about five five kilometres further east. They came, um, was asking for smokes. Oh, I don't smoke, sis. Then they went, as they left, they got up to the front gate, which is about a kilometre. They broke down. So she rang on her mobile phone back to the phone booth. I was, oh, who's that? Oh, it's me, yay. We just ran out of fuel. And I was thinking, she's getting connected. On the mobile phone, we don't usually have reception there at the front gate and rang back. I'm oh, a two case out of this community. Yes. Why is it that people can get? mobile phone
2: reception in some obscure or strange places, but not everywhere?
4: Good question. Uh, Mobile signals, because of their higher frequency, um, tend to bounce off objects quite a lot. And and in an urban situation, it's very typical that getting a, a phone call or a signal For a mobile relies on the signal bouncing around between buildings or off people or cars or whatever, so it's a kind of averaging effect. But as you'd know, uh, in the city there are places where you simply don't get any signal at all and others where it uh, spikes up and is really good. So it's reliant um, for for good or for bad on on the absence or presence of these uh, reflected signals. And uh, there are some particular... You could call them hotspots, I guess, where the signal's simply much better because all of those reflecting signals are adding together to create a, a useful signal.
2: Geography plays a part in that.
4: We're using, as I say, fortuitous locations where perhaps through word of mouth or other uh, experience we've discovered that there's a good enough signal to rely on. So it's quite quite a, a localised design and pinpointing situation there.
2: The residents of Black Tank have been doing some technology design of their own too. We also spoke to two women who live at an outstation not very far from Alice Springs and they have one of the Cat Mobile hotspots which you may or may not have installed. Uh, their names were
1: Pamela and Veronica. Did you meet them? Yeah.
4: yeah. Yes, certainly. Yeah.
1: Uh, my sister Margaret found something good about it was that she knew how to connect to the internet with it by uh, taping her phone onto the stand and going inside and using her laptop and getting on the internet. So she found that it was good for her because she loves being on the internet. So she made her own hotspot? She found that out, so we all do that now. It's a good thing for us, because we can go and download Netflix movies or documentaries or cartoons for the kids and we take it inside And then we watch the movies with the HDMI cord connected to the laptop, to the big TV screen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have a big movie night. But now we have a projector now that has bought for Christmas, little gadget. So we can project big movies on the big screen now, which is really good.
4: Well, I hadn't heard that particular version from either of them, but that's the sort of thing you can do. So it's not just restricted to placing the phone on the pedestal and making a call. Um, You could use a personal Wi-Fi hotspot mode on the phone, just leave it sitting on the pedestal, or alternatively, uh, Bluetooth.
2: I asked Andrew if the Centre for Appropriate Technology knew whether the hotspots were getting used much elsewhere.
4: suppose one of our most used facilities is out at Yulemoo. I've always been a little puzzled that Telstra or one of the other carriers hadn't put a a full mobile facility there because the population is quite significant. It's several hundred and it's about 45 I think kilometres away from Yundamoo which is the next nearest tower. I've been quite amazed at just how many people use that Yulemoo hotspot
0: uh, my name is Dennis Charles. Yeah, I used to live in Yulamu. That's the that's the closest community from Yindumu. It's just um, I don't know about thirty kilometers from Yundamu. In Yundamu, there's mobile coverage here, and in Yulamu, there isn't. There's just a post that connects to connects to the mobile phone, only for like a couple of minutes or. I don't know how long you can stand there, but you get tired of standing there.
1: But the only thing is difficult sometimes is when you need to do a big call to service providers and you got to wait to connect to them and then it's a hot day and there's no shade. Do, it's just got no shade and that sun is burning, beating down on your back or wherever the sun is that's hard and rain in weather conditions. That's all, so it's not suited for the heat or the rain when it comes down. And where we are, where all the shorties, we can't really have a good conversation and see the numbers because we have to pull the phone off and the thing and. Because the actual post is too high, <laughs> I was trying to get my son to try and get some make sort of gadget so we can be able to get get a step or something or add something onto the tiny little stand there. because come windy days the phone goes off and it just lands straight onto the cement floor and some of them crack the screens. Hotspots have that little problem of connection on very windy days or when it feels like it want to help you to connect. Sometimes it just, oh, no connection. And it's really important we need to connect to report. And that day is like that one of those days where it's not working. And it does happen. And it's frustrating because you don't report like Veronica said. You get your money cut off for eight weeks. That's uh, a long time to wait really? wow. Can you has that ever happened
2: to either of
1: your people that you know Yeah um, a families a lot of families yep. you know it a... seems like it's normal for them because people don't understand the frustration how people have these things living out in remote areas because they have to try and get vehicle get the fuel to get in the vehicle to get into town to do reporting and all that is hard as well you know because we don't have these small hub um, bases out in the remote areas like outstations because outstations are always missed out on the main issue, say, eh? because they'd rather be funding and looking at the bigger communities and not the little outstations in the little remote areas. Despite these challenges,
2: the Cat Mobile hotspot is filling a gap. Andrew Crouch calls it a complementary technology, designed for communities who don't have the means to be maintaining equipment.
4: I suppose I would just say, again, uh, focused on funding because I think ultimately the the future extended success of hotspots or any of these other complementary technologies comes down to how people perceive the value of it in a political, if you like, sense or community sense. And it's ultimately... In our case, or in the the CAT case, a public good facility and and relies heavily on on public funding, and that's been our experience. A few people have bought them, but by and large, it's it's a little bit outside the scope of financial scope of most people. So, and if it's in a shared location, as it often is, it's being used by a lot of people, and uh, so funding becomes a public good.
1: C.E.A. They like to go well into the into the night when they're talking to their friends, and they sort of on Snapchat or whatever. And we say it's getting dark now, and um, sort of this is a limit to be on during the night, sort of. And with our little ones, we say that after sunset it's libby time. Libby time meaning in our culture we got a wild woman out there and wild woman likes to walk around and look for little children yeah. so you know we just tell them it's Libby time and it's time to slow down and come inside and settle in and they all know what Libby time is after sunset
4: good Langwa <laughs>
2: We'd like to thank the elders of the regions we travel to in the creation of this podcast and during the research that underpins it. Disconnect is produced by RMIT University, led by myself, Ellie Rennie, Indigo Holcomb-James and Tyson Young-Caporta, with producer James Milsom. Music by Emily Waramara. Telstra is funding the project as an action within their Reconciliation Action Plan 2018-2021. The Indigimob program worked with us on this episode. Indigimob is a partnership between First Nations Media Australia and Telstra. First Nations Media Australia, formerly known as the Indigenous Remote Communications Association, or IRCA, is the national peak body for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander media industry.